0: Hi, I'm Darren Wright. And I'm Tim Beadle. Welcome to Disciple Making. Hey! Welcome back to Disciple Making. I'm Darren Wright, and here with Jeremy Kinneber of Threshold Initiatives. And I'm really looking forward to this one because I've known Jeremy for a lot of years. I've known His wife, Carmen, before they were married, she was my intern way back many years ago. The the absolute best intern I ever had, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, She was really amazing, gifted ministry person, even as a Bible school intern. And so I mentioned Threshold Initiatives, and Jeremy's here representing that ministry, but more importantly, representing uh, the Lord in your life and my life and the call to make disciples. And we're going to be talking about the whole issue of authority and how it relates to making disciples and being disciples. Uh, but before we get into that, Jeremy, just a little bit uh, about your background. First of all, thanks for jumping in. Thanks for making the time. Good to have you here. And maybe well, you tell thanks, us a sir. bit about your family and ministry background and even a current snapshot of your your ministry now.
1: Yeah, well, thanks, Darren. Thanks for inviting me uh, to be a part of this. We've talked about it for a while, so I'm—I uh, uh, guess I, I finally said yes. Is I guess the way it worked out. But uh, I just really do appreciate you and your ministry and what you're doing. So, thanks for inviting me to be a part of uh, this disciple making podcast today. Uh, so, yeah, again, my name is Jeremy Kinneberg. I'm married to Carmen, and uh, we've been married now for uh, for 18 years. And uh, we have this uh, great family, uh, Roscoe and Aria. Roscoe is 13. Aria is almost 16, which is a whole new world of learning in any father's life, having a daughter that's almost 16. Uh, We've been involved in ministry now uh, uh, publicly for 20 years, uh, officially in the Alliance denomination as pastors and workers, uh, currently holding a special ministry status, as well as holding uh, credentials of ordained ministers, both my wife and myself, uh, which is an interesting thing. we are both ordained in the denomination and workers as a result, which is great. Uh, so we were involved in the local church for the last 18 years uh, in different capacities. Uh, and uh, I've worked most recently at the Vernon Alliance Church, uh, where I was uh, started out as the youth and young adults pastor. And, uh, and then moved after seven years into the role of discipleship pastor, overseeing prayer ministry, home groups, Uh, young adults and the discipleship track of the church, which is Mm -hmm. something that every single pastor should be doing. Uh, Everyone is essentially a discipleship pastor, as I learned over the years, but Mm -hmm. uh, that was part of what I was doing. Uh, And then a year and a half ago, with the wonderful gift that COVID brought into the world, there was changes in everyone's life for one reason or another. And one of the changes that came into our life was the wonderful gift of a new opportunity. And that was uh, given to us by the church. We got to step out of the the ministry there and, uh, and ask the Lord for a season. What he had for us, and part of it was something he had already been speaking to us uh, mm-hmm. for uh, for a season, was to raise up the church, to equip the church, uh, to disciple the church, but also to equip the church for transform- transformational living, and uh, and that's not just to to be a Christian and hope it works, but to actually take hold of the kingdom keys that God's given us and to step into the discipleship process ourselves. Actually doing it, not just depending on pastors and leaders and books and all that stuff that's out there, but actually going after Jesus ourselves and helping people to do that as well, to step into the fullness God has for each one of us. So uh, we started an organization called Threshold Initiatives, which is all about equipping transformational living, uh, helping people to do that. So we do that through coaching and mentoring. Uh, We do that through pastoral care and wellness and doing the deeper life kind of conversational work with people, helping them to step into the fullness of Christ. So we're both doing that. And at the same time, my wife is doing a master's uh, out at MacDiv and uh, we're also homeschooling. And again, I, like I said, I have a 16 year old daughter and uh, she's at high school and that's a, a wonderful world to, to learn every single day. So that's a nutshell wow. of who we are and what we do. but yeah, it's basically uh, meeting with people helping people to uh, find their their identity worth, value and fullness in Christ and the deeper life in him. so
0: oh, that's excellent that's yeah it does sound like full place, but I know you're both very capable in that before we really move on, let's just unpack threshold. why why'd you land on the the idea of threshold initiatives? what's what's the significance of that?
1: Yeah, well, uh, thank you. It's a great question. And uh, Threshold Initiatives for us came out of a, a series of conversations over a number of years where we're asking God what it looks like to take those steps forward in our faith to grow. And I mean, a real big thing right now in the world of coaching is leveling up, which uh, <clears throat> I'm not so big on. But what I am big on is understanding the fullness of Christ and stepping into what God has for us, moving, as the Bible says, from glory to glory. Uh, and sometimes we get stuck in these little seasons where we don't know how to navigate through it. We don't know how to take those next steps with God. Uh, Even just in our own journey, Uh, my Mm. friend, Dr. Rob Reamer says your next level with God is just beyond the edge of your comfort zone. And I think a lot of times Mm. we get really comfortable in places in our lives that we shouldn't be. Uh, We kind of sit there and go, well, this was working for now. Uh, But really, we know there's more. We know there's more to our life. And it's referred to as a deeper life in Christ. But often we kind of stay in a fairly shallow end of the pool of faith (laughs) And uh, we kind of just swim in the areas that we know we can. But I, I've learned one thing is that uh, I can swim in the shallow end of the pool and I'm never going to drown there, uh, but I'm never going to experience something in the deep end unless I go mm-hmm. there. And, oh, uh, uh, yeah. and God's called us to take steps across that uh, place where we can do it uh, and where we're able to do it and to go to the places where it actually requires a risk, where it requires us to take a step of faith and move mm-hmm. beyond into the realm of what he can do when he shows up. And I think a lot of times what we do is we go to the place where I can do what I can do when I show up yeah. and people. Are like, wow, you did a wonderful job. And uh, and we say, yes, I did. Thank you. But it was all God. Uh, but the reality is, was it? And, uh, and what we're talking about with Threshold is, is taking those steps beyond the place where I can do it mm. and going yeah. into the next space. And sometimes it's a risk. Sometimes that's uh, just going to another whole place with God where you know he's going to require you to take the risky step or to grow into a place that maybe you're not entirely comfortable with. Yeah. And uh, God likes to do that. He doesn't mm. like to just leave us in, in comfortable places, though he will. And I, I heard this years ago is that God loves you exactly where you're at. Uh, But he's not satisfied to leave you there. He wants to make you more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, is that we can be somewhat like Jesus and in the church for years and years and years and die and go to heaven. That'll be wonderful. But we miss out on all that God has for us if we're not willing to take those steps to become more like Jesus. And the threshold then is that place where you get right to the edge of it and you're not sure if you want to take the step beyond it. A threshold ultimately is the tight place between two rooms. It's the doorway into the next space, that next level, so to speak, but that glory to glory place where God's trying to take you to another level with him in faith and intimacy and depth uh, in the fullness and the renewal that he has for you. And uh, we often get right to the edge of that and we just either – don't know how to take the step across, or uh, we're not sure if we want to, because we're not sure what's on the other side. And so it's really important at times to have somebody to take that step with you. And so with threshold initiatives, one of the things that we do is we just come alongside of people who are wanting to take those next steps and help them to take the steps, take the opportunity to grow with God. Uh, You can only lead people places where you've gone yourself is what I've heard before from leadership over the years. And uh, so we're taking people places where we've been trying to go with God and uh, walking with him. And mm-hmm. so the threshold is that next space. And really it all came back to this one comment when we were looking for a name for the organization, uh, It came back to one comment years ago at a general assembly for the Christian and missionary Alliance. Uh, we had been doing some prayer ministry. We got to the end of it and we asked a, a trusted leader friend in our life. Uh, is there anything you feel like God has on your heart for us in the next season? And uh, he said this, he said, you're in a threshold season. Mm-hmm. And I said, Well, what in the world's a threshold season? (laughs) I was hoping he was going to give us something really exciting and whatever, a great word from the Lord. And he gave us this threshold season. And I said, so what is that? And he said, a threshold is that place between uh, the two places where you are and where you're going, but you're not quite in either realm yet. Uh, mm-hmm. You've started to leave the last one and you've started to go into the next one, but you're kind of stuck between uh, the place where you're at right now is a place of uncomfortable living. Uh, it's not a place you want to stay very long, though it's a place you can if you want to, uh, but it is also the tightest place in your faith. We are probably going to have the greatest encounter and the greatest connect with God if you're willing to open yourself up to it, mm. it's the place yeah. where God's working on your character and your capacity to make you the kind of person that he wants you to be to move into the next season with him. And so uh, we weren't ready to be in the next mm. season is what we we took from that, but we were willing uh, mm. to figure that out. And so for the next few years, we worked hard on that. We grew in our faith. We, we did the work that was needed. Um, and then uh, God opened up this door for us and we went, oh, that seems like the name. And it Hmm, fit very much what we were doing. So
0: yeah, that's excellent. uh, You you had a lot of imagery there through all of that, and I'm just thinking about the idea of playing in the shallow end of the deeper life, (laughs) you know, and moving, you know, moving through that. That's that's just some excellent word pictures there. Well, we kicked around Jeremy a lot of different ways, and I I know we're going to cover some ground. We already have uh, about how to focus in and what our topic really was, and we kind of settled on this: the whole idea of authority as it relates to disciple making. And I, that can go in a lot of di- different directions, but what are we actually talking about? When we talk about authority in the context of followers of Jesus, what, what is wrapped up in that package? What's, what's, the, what's this topic mean, actually?
1: Uh, There's a lot in this conversation, and I think uh, one of the things for me that's been been big in this in the last season is realizing that most of us in the church aren't really operating in spiritual authority. Uh, It again goes to the shallow end of the pool, is that we're living as Christians, but we're not living as Christ, perhaps. Uh, When you're operating in spiritual authority, you're operating in the authority, the power, uh, the fullness of Christ. You have the ability to take that on. So spiritual authority is the ability as a believer to understand, take hold of, and appropriate the authority and power of Christ in the environment you find yourself in. Uh, Chuck Davis uh, from the Bold Christian Great Book on Authority, if you're looking for one, uh, says that authority is not a special endowment calling or gift to a select few in the Christ family, but the rightful inheritance of every believer. Uh, So essentially at the end of the day, it's something that's for every single believer, everyone that's filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and a follower of Jesus Christ is that every one of us has the ability to walk in spiritual authority. Hmm. We have the ability to do so, yet we often don't, or we feel it's a special calling for a person that has this title in front of the name of pastor or reverend. Hmm. Uh, Some of the people that I know that have the greatest authority in their lives do not have a title in front of their name other than son or daughter. Hmm. Uh, they recognize their uh, identity, their worth, their value, and their who they are at the very core and essential part of them as followers and sons and daughters of Christ. Um, that's it. <clears throat> when they get that piece, it's a game changer. And I think uh, spiritual authority is really at the end of the day, uh, something that every one of us has that is accessible to us in Christ, if we understand who we are. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's good. How how does it then show up? You, 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 what you're describing yeah. is this: this authority is inherent. It's not always exercised or realized. But how does it show up in in in, in the, a context where a person has embraced that and is living in that?
1: Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, spiritual authority is the ability to step into a situation with the authority that you've been delegated by someone else. In a mm-hmm. sense. Uh, if you've you've got an authority in an area, you've been given an authority to walk out something the way that the person with the ultimate authority is doing or will call you to. So what their kingdom culture is, it's essentially uh, the authority base that you have. So, um, for example, if you're a police officer, the day that you become a police officer, you get a gun and a badge. That hmm. must be crazy. I, I can't imagine what that would be like. I remember being a kid with a gun and a badge, uh, just playing around, playing cops and robbers, those sort of things. Um, But think about this. The moment that you become a police officer, RCMP, police officer, uh, sheriff, whatever it is, you become an officer. Uh, That day you get a gun and and you get a badge among a cool belt and all sorts of different things you get with that and maybe even a uniform. That'd be really great. Uh, Uniforms are awesome. So you get this, but the day that you get that, you have all the authority of every other police officer on that force. That's a big deal. You have the same authority. Now, the new guy doesn't necessarily get it, though they've been trained. It's something you have to take activity and you have to go into it. You have to try it out. You have to experiment. You have to pull over somebody and see if they pull over. Um, Ultimately, it's that first time that you step into it, you start to see it walked out. Um, It's something that is delegated to us by God. It's something that is sustained by God in us. It's something that's demonstrated by God through us. And ultimately, it's then maintained as we walk it out and live it out in intimacy and in activity with God. So um, it's something that's not just like, okay, here's your gun and badge. Now you're a police officer. It's something where you actually have to show up to work. You have to put in the time. You have to grow in it. You have to try it out. Uh, see if you have authority or not. Um, and then when you realize that maybe you don't have enough authority, you need to step out and start to grow in it and find ways to grow in it and figure out how to do that. And there's very clear ways that you can do that. Hmm. Well, that's really well done.
0: What does a person need to, so a person has this understanding, maybe a seminal understanding. I am a child of God. I am an agent, a representative of Jesus Christ. I have a call yep. in my life. I'm gifted. The spirit is indwelling me. Yeah. What do I need to then know slash do to move ahead in that what would be like let's talk really practically at this point what what i know what do what needs to be locked in and what actions do i need to take
1: yeah uh dr rob reamer says uh spiritual authority is rooted in identity it's expanded in intimacy and it's activated by faith so ultimately, uh, this is something where it's, uh, it's something you get, it's something you have, but really it needs to be rooted in your understanding and your you're figuring out of who you actually are in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, quick story. I was in, in Quito, Ecuador a number of years ago with some, some leadership of a denomination. I was hanging out, walking around on the streets, uh, after a lunch that we'd been at a conference, there was a lunch, and it's good to just get outside sometimes when you're at a conference and go for a walk. And so we're out for a walk, and uh, in Ecuador, uh, where we were in Quito, in this this part of the city, it wasn't a, a really great area, but uh, we walked, uh, I walked down the street, and all of a sudden, this gentleman came walking up to me. And I could see him from a ways away and I could recognize the spiritual kind of garbage and some of the crazy stuff going on in this poor man's life. He had been through a lot and you could tell right away Uh, his appearance gave it away, but also the way that he was gesturing and moving and some of the spiritual trauma he was carrying, you could tell Mm -hmm. right away. And he walked up to me and I was standing with all these denominational leaders and different people. And uh, he walked up to me and he looked me right in the eyes and in perfect clear English, he said, I'm from the Medellin and you should be afraid of me. Hmm. And I went, huh, I probably should be afraid of you. If you're part of that Medellin region, maybe you're part of the cartel. Maybe you're part of all these kind of scary things that is happening. Based on what I see on your body and your eyes, I see there's probably some stuff I could be nervous about. Uh, But one of the things I've learned about spiritual authority is that Jesus isn't nervous. Hmm. He's not nervous about what's going on around. He's actually in control. And if he's not nervous and I'm with him then I need to take my notes from him. I need to actually take my cues from him on how I'm going to operate in a given environment. He's not scared. I'm not going to be scared. He doesn't operate in fear. I'm not going to operate in fear. I'm going to walk in love. And so I I said to him, no, we don't need to be afraid of you. And in fact, you need to go. Uh, This isn't for you this time right now. It's time for you to leave. And it scared me inside a bit. I will tell you and be honest with you, I was nervous, uh, but I was trying my best to actually walk in who Jesus said I was. Uh, Later at that same event, I was uh, in a room with a whole bunch of leaders, and I don't speak any Spanish. I just got to be really honest. I have no right to speak in this environment whatsoever. And uh, I had this very clear word picture from God that I needed to share with somebody. And I went and I looked at the person. I said, no way, God, I'm not doing it. I am nervous. And uh, I said, not me, no way. And he said, go. I could feel it clear inside. It wasn't an audible voice. It wasn't one of those like booming voice from heaven moments. Uh, It was just inside. It was a, you know, that, you know, moment go. And I said, who am I to go? And he said, you're my son now do it. And I went, oh, okay. And I walked up. And through a translator, I shared the word and I don't know where that went, but I was just being faithful with what I was given Um, more often than not, God's calling us to be faithful with what we're given, not to be functional and perfect, Mm -hmm. but he's calling you to show up in faith. He's calling you to walk it out. Uh, He's saying, will you take me at my word and operate Mm -hmm. in the things that you've, uh, that I've called you to, or will you sit back and hope somebody else does? Mm -hmm. because I think we do that a lot too, as we sit back and hope that somebody else will. Uh, At the end of the day, though, I think the real key here is we need to understand who we are. Uh, When we understand who we are, we understand that we are a child of God, that we are actually his, that his possession, he owns the rights to us, so to speak, that we are his and there's nothing that's coming to us that's not coming through him. Uh, When we understand that he is in charge and we are under his charge, Uh, when we understand this key, and this was a game changer for me, This one scripture that I am seated with Christ in God in heavenly places. No longer am I looking up from the bottom going, oh God, would you help me if you can help me if you care about me or want to or you're interested in my situation or if it's your will or if it's your desire or any of those sort of things that we put in front of every prayer that's half baked. Uh, We put these giant maybes in our life, hoping that maybe God will do it. But the problem with giants is they're often the thing that kills us or limits our ability to step into the kingdom fullness of what God has for us, these giant maybes in our life. And what happened was, is I realized that I was seated with Christ in God in heavenly places. I was no longer down on that level. I was actually seated there. And when I realized that Christ is seated there and he is actually above all things, Everything is under his feet authority-wise, and I'm seated with him at the table. That's a game changer. Then I read the scriptures that says that Jesus was talking to his friends, and he said, no longer do I call you slaves or servants, I call you friend. A friend sits at the table of the master, a friend doesn't serve on the outside of it, though they are servants, They come to the table, they get to hear the business of the father, they get to hear the heart of the father, they get to actually know what his plans and his desires are for us. Uh, The role then of the person who's walking in spiritual authority is to actually sit at the table and touch heaven, so to speak, and then change earth. Mm -hmm. So I'm not coming from earth hoping to get heaven's help. I'm coming from heaven because I'm already seated there. It's not a a someday down the road equation. This says you are seated, not you will be seated. You are seated with Christ and and God. Uh, So you're actually already in God in heavenly places seated with Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, That's important. Then Revelation 3, this was the other piece for me. Revelation 3 says, to him who overcomes, I give the right to sit on my throne as I too have overcome and now sit with my father on his throne. Hmm. Okay, wait a minute. So that means I'm getting to sit with Jesus and he's sitting with the father and I'm coming from that place. I have disposal and the ability and the access to all of heaven's resources then as a follower of Christ. And I need to actually figure out what that looks like to step into that. Mm. And so for me, that was a big piece was I actually started to realize that as much as these spiritual battles are going on and things are happening around me, and there's different things that seem way out of my control, they are, but they're not out of his. And when I come with his authority, with his ability, with his power, things can shift. Uh, what's going on in heaven can actually change what's going on in earth. And God wants to use his sons and daughters, the followers of Christ, the people walking in kingdom authority to be able to do that. And, uh, he's calling each one of us to do that. So we're seated with him. We're Hmm. friends of his, we're welcomed to be with him. We have access to all the resources and all the power of heaven, and we're called to walk it out in love and authority, just like Jesus. Hmm.
0: Oh, great summary. That's excellent. And what you're describing is true for every believer in Jesus Christ. You, you know it's not you're not it's not elite level. you made that very clear. But here, here's a question that comes up. A lot of people who teach in these areas of authority and, and, and even identity have unique gifting uh, yep. you know and and maybe maybe some seemingly more spectacular gifts and, and they're the ones teaching in this. How does giftedness interface with authority? talking, you know, whatever your gift mix is, how does authority then come out to play uh, for every believer? Well, that was just part one of a conversation with Jeremy Kenneberg of Threshold Initiatives. You can find him at thresholdinitiatives.com. Part two will be coming in our next episode. Thanks for joining us. For more information, go to imakedisciples.com or christfollowerdna.com. please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts.